Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Erica. Shelby. Girl, what's good? What's popping? What's happening? How are you feeling today? What's going on? Tell me something good. Girl, I ain't got nothing. Um, I'm quarantined and chilling, I guess you could say. You know what? Quarantine has really made me lazy, y'all. Like, I've been ordering DoorDash. Well, I was until I started eating more healthy. But I have been ordering DoorDash so, so much. I was like, who has been spending all my money? Oh, it's you. <laughs> so then even I've even did, you know, grocery delivery. I mean, I know they had these things pre-pandemic, obviously. But, like, I feel like since we still in this whole paragraph, I really don't even need to leave my house for nothing. So I'm just chilling. Like, there's really – I literally have nothing else for you today but quarantine and chilling. What about you? What's popping? Girl, nothing. So let me tell you this story. I haven't told you this, actually. Like, I feel in real life haven't told you this. So, you know, I recently – so I recently just had braids and I took my braids out, right? Because I needed to, it was time. Like I was looking ridiculous. But so I had found a braider where I am. So my braider in Dallas was just too far for me to go be going back and forth and different things like that. Since I'm not in the DFW right now. But I actually like really, really like my braider in Dallas. Like she is cool. She is nice. She is professional. She got her own suite. And we really be kicking it and having like whole, like whole full-fledged conversations. Like she my homegirl, right? And so I realized that I'm probably more of a bougie person, but I'm not a stuck up person, if that makes sense. So yeah. I asked my homegirl down here, I was like, hey, you know, give me a braid. Uh, like, who's your braid person? Who does your natural hair? So I recently went to the girl that she gave me to do natural hair. And she was super sweet, super kind, had me in and out in like under two hours. That's what I'm talking about. But let me tell you about this braid girl, child. So oh, Lord. I should have known that something was going to be a little off when she was like, I don't know, it's weird. Like she was trying to warn me about her. It's just like things that she kept saying and doing. Like you know, she's a little different, or oh, she's a lot, but she does mm-hmm, a good job. Mm-hmm. And I had been seeing her braids, and they were a lot. Child, first off, where do I start? So I get to the braid appointment, and she was like ten or fifteen minutes late, which wasn't a big deal because I was late because I couldn't find the place. So I get there. Had my mask on. She had her mask on. Go to sit down. First off, why was she talking to her friends on FaceTime without her headphones? And oh. they were having full-fledged conversations about stuff that was super inappropriate. Like stuff that I would talk to you about like closed doors. And I would never repeat. Oh, my God. Or video stuff. Mm-mm. like So they just saw her, Airpo- her AirPods die. And they're just having a full-fledged conversation her talking about how she had met this pro football player and how when they went over there, they couldn't be scary and that they need to show some leg and just all this other like really just out there stuff. And I was horrified and my headphones weren't working. My phone was dying. She was in a suite with somebody else. The lady that she was in a suite with, her daughter and grandkids came in eating McDonald's without their mask. I was like, what's happening in this oh panda? My gosh. What is happening in this panda? <laughs> 
what are y'all doing? <laughs> so the girl gets on. She's still talking to her friends and stuff. And then they get on just all this other inappropriate stuff. We about two hours in. I got a few back rows in. I'm like, child. I said, Lord, help me. And they're just going in and they're talking. And I'm talking about, like, I can't even, like, it was just such, so inappropriate. So her airports finally die and everybody finally leaves. And so about an hour and a half left, we just ended up watching TV, watching, like, this murder mystery. And it was fun. But that just reminds me, friend, have you ever been in a situation where you were getting your hair done and it was so unprofessional like she actually did a good job and if I go back next time I'm taking my headphones so I don't have to listen to her because that was a lot like I honestly was horrified because I have never had an experience like that and I don't really hear people talk like that because we really don't talk like me and my friends we don't talk grimy like that (laughs) and we don't put our business out like that I hate when people like talk to people on speakerphone in a public place that annoys me. Yes. I would have been horrified too, but I have experienced something like that. But in her defense, her she had like a shop in her house and she had, so when you have a shop in your house, like normally how your house runs, that's what you're going to see when you're getting your hair done. And she had a lot of kids. So, and I just, I still love her to death to this day. I just realized that she could no longer do my hair. And the only reason I kept going back to her, cause she would slay some color y'all on a week. Oh, yeah, that was she pretty. could install it. This was back when I was still leaving my leave out. She, girl, she would slay my weeds with some color like no other. So that's why I was, I was a loyal customer. But then I just right. had to stop going to her cause it would take her 52 hours to finish while she's slapping all these kids around the house. So, <laughs> <laughs> Not all the cheer. All the cheerings. I guess for me, like when I get my hair done, like it's a form of self-care. So like I want an experience. Like I don't want you to be late. I want it to be luxurious. And if we're going to talk like, I'm one of those people like, even when I'm getting her hair done, we don't got to talk. But like if we're going to talk, like it has to be naturally fun. Like when I went to get my natural hair done, girl, she had me in and out in 45 minutes. She washed, she deep conditioned, she trimmed. Girl, she had my hair looking so good. I was like, hey, I'll be back within a month. And you know me, friend. I don't really wear my natural hair like that, but I'm trying to be better about it. Um, mm-hmm. But then the bright girl, like when I saw my home girl, she was like, so how did it go? She, girl, why did she see my face and start laughing? Because she knew <laughs> what I was right. about to say. And she told me about her experience. And I was like, I don't know if I'll go back. Um, but it's hard to find a really good brighter. And she's mm-hmm. younger and she's still got some more life to live. But that was a lot, friend. Like, low key, I am traumatized and I would like you to keep me in your prayers. Girl, I got you. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so, on that note, let's keep it moving to our first segment of the day our dating and relationships. So, Shelby, this one is this is deep. And I feel like I say that all the time, but for real, this one is deep. Okay. I'm going to break it down for you. Okay. So, First of all, dating in this panda, this panoramic, this paragraph <laughs> is hard, y'all. <laughs> like, right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, how do you personally feel about unconventional forms of dating to meet somebody? Like, so an example would be through DMs or dating apps or some kind of matchmaking situation. Um, so like how do you feel about that? Like how do you feel? Would you ever try that or be open to those forms of meeting somebody? So I, first and foremost, dating in this pandemic sucks and it is so hard and it can be so discouraging because it's like 
I feel like I'm at this point in my life where I'm open to meeting somebody and I want to meet somebody and I'm ready to receive love, but we in a pandemic and I've been taking it seriously. So it's like, how do I meet somebody? And even when we weren't in a pandemic, I don't really feel like I met like a lot of people dating wise, if that makes sense. So I think for me, I am definitely open to dating um, in unconventional ways. So confession. So I actually prefer to meet people naturally, but I will say the last two people that I dated, I met through my DMs. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I remember one of the guys that I dated, both of the guys that I went on dates with, you can ask Erica, I was in her text and I was in her phone. And I was like, <laughs> hey friend. And I remember, okay, so I think it was like 2019. So I remember once in 2019 when I first started dating again, both of the dates or both of the guys that I went on dates with, I met through my DMs, but they, I had mutual friends with people that they knew. So I was like, okay, they're probably not that crazy. Right. So what I personally did is I told like two or three of my friends who I was going with. Like I'm talking about, I sent pictures, I sent profile pictures, I sent their number and I sent where I was. I texted them when I got there and I texted them when I left. So... I met them through my DMs and even though it didn't work out, like it ended up being okay. So for me, I would be open to dating because I feel like if you're trying to meet somebody or get to know people, I think that you have to be open to dating in different ways because you don't ever know how you're going to meet somebody. Like some people meet their boyfriend or their husband at the club. Some people meet them at the grocery store. Some people do meet them through dating apps or matchmaking. And who am I to say that I'm not going to meet my man through any of those I feel like if I'm not open then I'm essentially like setting myself up for failure and I would say and I guess this is getting to the second question that you asked me have I ever tried any of these yes I have how was my experience overall I did not have a bad experience I think in general like I just get really really nervous on dates so I think what has helped me is just really just First and foremost, like if I don't feel comfortable not going, but also letting people know where you are, giving yourself a time frame, but also like telling one of your friends and giving them a cold word so they could either A, drive by or B, call you (laughs) and bail you out. Like you have to make sure that you're comfortable in these situations. And if you're not comfortable for some reason, then get up and leave. Like I remember one time, one of the dates that I went on, me and the guy, we had got into a disagreement before we went on the first date. Y'all, why did I call Erica talking about, hey, I know I was talking mad trash 30 minutes ago, but I'm going to go meet him at Wingstop. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. I remember that. Erica was like, okay. And I stayed at Wingstop so long. Erica literally texted me, hey, I'm getting sleepy, so you're going to have to leave in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) And I did. because. Because I need, just in case, I didn't need, I didn't need like my right, because Erica was actually the only person that I told that time. Like I didn't tell my mom, I didn't tell any of my other friends, like I just told her. So I needed her to be awake if I needed her to do a drive-by real quick. (laughs) And that just made, that just made me feel safer. So I think when it comes to dating in unconventional ways, you just have to A, do things what feels safe to you. But I would also suggest telling people where you are and having a plan if it goes well and if it doesn't go well. Meeting somewhere that's neutral, um, not telling that person where you live um, or what area you live in. I met somewhere neutral, somewhere that was in between us, somewhere where if I didn't want to, I had witnesses and that I could walk away. So what has been your experience? Like, what do you think about it? friend? I'm really interested to see what you think. 
Um, okay, well, back to the first question, like, would I ever be open to any of these forms? I would say yes, because I have experience in some of these. So first off, I have some DMs right now that's still waiting for me to read slash reply. <laughs> um, because honestly, just I'm not feeling it right now at this moment. Um, there's one person who hit me. First of all, side note, if I post a picture or a story, that doesn't mean that that's your cue to send me a message. Like, hey, can, you I don't for, can you say that one more time? Because here's the thing. You knew that I was pressured before I posted this picture. So I don't need you in my DMs telling me what I already know, because I already know that you probably are not it because you played yourself. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes. So, <laughs> I mean, I know that sounds crazy as hell, y'all, but no, for real. So, um. Actually, I chatted with someone in my DMs on like a very cool level, but now he keep DMing me. And it's just like, now I got to sit there. Like, I don't want to do this right now in my life. Okay. So I, it had me thinking like, oh Lord, here comes. So when can I call you? Now I got to <laughs> act dead. So <laughs> I'm so crying. I'm I'm petty y'all. So sorry y'all. That's just where I am right now. But I guess there is nothing wrong um, with, you know, meeting people in these unconventional ways because especially since we're in a whole pandemic how else are you going to actually meet someone so yes i'd be open to it now the second part to your question shall be about how i ever actually tried these and like what was my experience oh do y'all have the time okay <clears throat> yes i have tried dating apps two of them actually i tried hinge and i tried black and it was not me okay uh, now honestly it was just like a challenge that me and one of my friends um decided to do for like 30 days and this was actually pre-pandemic so we were just like living busy lives so we weren't really like putting ourselves in places to be seen you know in that way to date someone or meet someone so we just tried it this way so for me most people i encountered they didn't even know how to hold a genuine conversation asking me like what you doing every hour or why you so fine though sir i don't know how to answer that where are we going to go in the conversation after that so but the guys that I did actually have a cool conversation with I actually hung out with a couple of them um so I think it was good um that you gave those tips Shelby about like meeting them in a public place and don't tell them where you live so actually the first guy that I had actually met up with I knew off jump that I couldn't take him serious just because he just had way too much going on and I just didn't want to deal with that at that time. So um, I remember there was another guy. He would like call me consistently and then he ghosted me. And then he disappeared off social media. Then he reappeared on social media in a totally different state. So I never heard from him again. So I just felt like that was weird and I never bothered him again. <laughs> um, then there was one guy who was making consistent plans with me, um, taking me out on dates for like a month or so. And then I got a random text from his phone, which actually turned out to be his bm his baby mama saying that they got a baby on the way lord so obviously this wasn't for me so i'm saying all that to say is like i'm done with dating apps first of all but it's just not for me i feel like i don't think my man is on there and if he is he better get off and <laughs> so y'all just pray for my husband ain't nothing wrong with him he just probably don't is having a hard time finding me obviously but yeah that would be my experiences on that so the next question though shelby that i have for you is do you think there's actually a right way and a wrong way to meet somebody? You know, that reminds me of a song. What? I can't, I don't know the name of it, but it goes, there's a right and a wrong way to love somebody. Anyway, I'm the key sweat. 
girl, I don't know. Anyway, all sorry. I know is nobody. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, no, I don't think there's a right or wrong way to meet someone, but I think that it has to be comfortable and authentic to you. Um, like for me, I always see somebody trying to kidnap me. Even though I say that I want to meet somebody naturally and in person, I always see people trying to kidnap me, especially if I'm by myself. So please don't walk up on me. Please don't. Because <laughs> it's fight or flight for me. <laughs> I'm too little. Um, but no, I don't really think there's a right or wrong way. I think that you just have to be open and do what's right for you. I think that if you are, if you want to meet somebody naturally, then you have to, I think you have to put yourself out there more, do things, go places, but do things, you know, that you enjoy and different things like that and have conversations, you know, with people. I think that if you're going to do it through a dating app, I think that you have to be very intentional. Um, and what I would say is like, you know, if something don't feel right, let it go. You don't know this person. You don't know that you don't owe them anything. So if, you know, you don't feel comfortable, then it's fine. Just let it go. Block them, delete them. Um, it's not that, you know, big of a deal. Um, I think that if it's through DMs, I think a lot, I think uh, so many people meet through DMs. I've heard so many success stories. If my husband is in my DMs, I need you to come correct. Please don't ask me what am I doing 3,000 times a day. Please don't say, hey, queen. And please don't reply Period. to what my, my, you know, my fire pictures necessarily. I like, I need you to come correct and I need you to come respectful. And then if you're going to do, you know, do a matchmaker or anything or like one of these, you know, TV shows for dating, I think it's very important to be very clear on what you really want. Not what you think the other person wants, but what you want, you know? Because I think a lot of people say what they think other people want or they just say all these cliches or they're not really honest. And I think that it's important just in general when you're dating, especially if you're doing it in in an unconventional way, just to be open and honest and very, you know, consistent on what you want. What do you think, friend? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, As far as like unconventional dating, like, no, I don't think that there's a right way or a wrong way to meet someone because I do believe that everyone has like their own love story. So like you were saying earlier, Shelby, like who says, like, who are we to say like what's right and what's wrong to meet someone? Um, So I would actually say that it's not even really unconventional anymore. It's more like the modern way yeah, it's like of the dating new norm. nowadays. Yeah, so- Last question. So if you, Shelby, were interested in someone, would you ever shoot your shot? Have you ever done this in the past? And if you had, what happened, girl? Um, so <laughs> would I ever shoot my shot now? Um, I don't think so because I think that I am really scary um, because I actually have a crush and I haven't told anybody who it is. <laughs> And I have been debating if I'm if I'm going to shoot my shot and tell the person. And I have come to the conclusion, no, I'm not. If God wants me to be with that man, I need him to get the hint that I like him. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Um, I think right now I don't. Um, I'm just like really, really scared. Um, but I do have a question on somebody, but I don't think that I would shoot my shot at him necessarily per se. I think that if I do anything, I want to put myself in a position for him to shoot his shot, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, have I ever shot my shot at somebody? Yes, I have. <laughs> I don't think I've told you this story before, but I didn't know you in my defense. What had happened what had happened was so when I was in college, uh um I still go to this church to this day, to this day, but I go virtually now. Um, there was this really cute guy at church. Like he was I thought he was super, super cute. Um, not necessarily super tall, but he was dark skinned 
real fine. And I had been telling my friends, like, oh, I think he's so cute. And I was just really trying to get him to notice me. But, like, he was just really in the word. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> so I actually wrote him a, I wrote him a letter. And I, I don't even remember what I said. But I'm going to assume that I said something to the effect of, like, hey, my name is Shelby. Um, something, I don't even know what I said. But I gave him my name and I gave him my number in the letter. So we were in church and I actually punked out of giving him the letter. We leave and my friends start punking me. And they're like, oh, you said that you were going to give him the letter and you didn't give him the letter. And just that. And one thing I don't like people to do is to punk me. <laughs> so <laughs> I went back in church. And so my friend came. She was like, oh, and actually Bobby, it was Bobby and Bria that were with me. And I went back in church. Bobby's talking about, oh, you going for real? I said, yes, Bobby, you're going to come with me. I went back in church. I went back up the stairs. And I took the deepest breath <laughs> that I could take. <laughs> I patted him on his little shoulder. I gave him the note. I said, hello. I gave him the note. And I walked away. <laughs> and Aww. he called this me that night. so cute. He actually <laughs> called me that night. <laughs> and, I mean, nothing came of it but, like, that was me shooting my shot. That is so romantical. Like, I really like the idea of the letter and all. That's so cute. Um, so, okay, Shelby, I think you know what my response to this question is going to be. So, would I ever shoot my shot? Well, first of all, like you, Shelby, there is somebody that I have my eye on, but, and I've thought about it, but I haven't. Um, so, we go see. But, um, funny story <laughs> no I have not ever like actually shoot my shot at somebody the only person I remember halfway shooting my shot at which don't even count really is Luke James when we were in New Orleans probably because I had a few <laughs> I had a few hurricanes in me y'all okay so I actually don't even remember everything that I, that was said that was said but I just remember him smiling and I remember he was on crutches and I asked him like what happened and he was like oh I hurt myself playing baseball y'all I remember saying oh you're so talented <laughs> <laughs> and then I got a picture with him and then that was it. And he probably thought like I was funny because he kept smiling and laughing. But one of the things about me is like I'm more goofy than I am like sultry or whatever. So I'm not going to come up to you all like seductive. Like like I most likely would come up to you saying something witty or funny or like smart mouth or something like that. So I don't normally go up to somebody. I definitely have I definitely am more traditional when it comes to things like that. Like, I feel like men are hunters. And if they want right. to, you know, if they see something they like, then you can approach me. Um, but that has me thinking about something now that we're talking about it, um, Shelby. So I guess it'd be a bonus question. Um, like, because when me and you go out, we are usually with a group of friends. So do you ever think about how intimidating that is for a man to, like, approach your tribe of friends wanting to just speak to you? I haven't thought about it, but now that I think about it, I guess it would be intimidating because I think the thing about our friend group is that our friends, first and foremost, all of our friends are gorgeous. And that's not even like over-exaggerating because our friends are super Fire. And, our, and our friends are super intelligent. Like, we don't hang with no dummies. Like, our friends are really <laughs> smart. Um, and I'm not even trying to be funny, <laughs> but I think like from the outside looking in now that you said that, like, it would be really intimidating because I feel like, for instance, like, I feel like I'm a really chill person in general. And even if I'm not interested, I'm gonna be cool. But you know, everybody's not like that. 
Like mm-hmm. some people do the most or yes. can be rude. So yes. that would be intimidating. And I think that we forget that men have feelings and men are scared of rejection. Um, So I think that mm-hmm. we have to be worried about it. I think it's really important that for me, one thing that I try to do is if I notice that somebody's looking at me or they may be interested in me and I think they're cute or I'm looking across the room and I'm interested, I try to put myself in a position where they can speak to me or where they can talk to me. So maybe that's going to the bar. Maybe that's standing outside my section. Maybe that's, you know, standing near them and talking a little bit louder and asking questions. Or maybe that's asking them something like, oh, you know, is that good? You know, I think sometimes you just have to give men a push. What do you think, friend? (laughs) Sometimes. Sometimes it be those ones that just don't even care. They're going to come up to the whole tribe trying to talk to you. They just and that's probably the one you don't need to be talking to. <laughs> exactly. Um because they just they it be why first of all, why it always be the ones that don't need to be doing that. Um but yeah, no. I think like what you said, scared of rejection, and I think that's probably um not the reason why I don't shoot my shot. I just feel like I just want to play that role of I'm not trying to chase you type of thing. Like if, like you said, I think the classiest way, in my opinion, is to put yourself in that position for him to shoot his shot. And a lot of men don't even realize that a lot of women do that. And they really think they out here shooting a shot. No, man. No, No, sir. sir, We have to. Yes. (laughs) I let you shoot. Okay. Um, Um, So on that note, let's continue. This is random. Do you remember... When I tried to shoot my show that co- shot at Kofi Sarabi and his security guard removed me, like, girl, how can I forget? <laughs> he was a hater. Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to bring that up. I just randomly thought about that. Oh, he was, but good times pre-pandemic, y'all. Pre-pandemic, best life. Um, <laughs> so let's keep it moving to the journey so this segment is when Shelby and I will talk about how our journey is going along with um, building our brand all things melanin and talking about some things that we're dealing with or some things that we've learned tips and tricks things like that so Shelby today let's talk about imposter syndrome so first of all imposter syndrome is when an individual doubts their skills talents or accomplishments and has a persistent fear of being exposed as a fraud so often we let imposter syndrome keep us from launching our brand or starting our business or just making that career move so my first question that I want us to talk about is what has been your personal experience with imposter syndrome? Yeah, I definitely think for me, I've experienced or I am experiencing imposter syndrome in my new job and in my career. So um, in my new job, like there are obviously some skills um, and some job duties that are going to roll over from what I used to do, right? So those are things that I know how to do. Um, such as writing account management, talk to clients, uh, uh, online management, reputation management, different things like that. However, there are a lot of parts of my new job that I literally just don't know how to do. Like I'm having to learn onboarding. I'm having to learn in conversations through research and really just kind of, you know, figuring it out. And so one thing that I was talking to Erica about earlier this week is like friend I am really I was telling Erica I was like I am really struggling with imposter syndrome just really struggling with you know do I belong in the room 
Am I worthy of this job? Am I going to do a good job? Am I a fraud? Um, am I, you know, fake? Am I Am I going to have to fake it till I make it? Um, am I going to be a good enough? Am I going to be successful? Just all these different questions that give me anxiety and just really, really, you know, <laughs> worry me. But one thing I had to realize that, hey, Shelby, when you start a new job, you're not going to know everything and you know, you're going to get an, a little anxiety and different things like that. But what's going to separate you from the rest or what's going to allow you to overcome imposter syndrome is every single day I get in there, I give it my best, I learn, I ask questions and I show up and I do the best that I can do. And if I show up and I've learned and I retain that information, then I that's going to allow me to be successful in that job. And I think a lot of times imposter syndrome kind of it kind of hinders us from um functioning in our full potential I think a lot of times you have to remind yourself what my mom told me is that if you were not equipped to get that job you would not have got that job so I think that you have to remind yourself that you have everything you need to be successful in the position that you're trying to be and I think the way that I've had to kind of overcome it is I've had to give myself pep talks but also I had to go back and read my credentials friend and I had to remind myself that I am smart I'm intelligent I got these degrees I got this experience and I talked myself into this job and I was honest about it so if I didn't have the skills I wouldn't be in the room and I had to learn that I gotta stop downplaying my skills and just really show up and do the work so that I can be better so that I can be the person that I'm trying to be on this job um and I just think that's something that is normal when you first start a job but I think at some point for me I learned that I gotta stop being so scared and anxious and just show up and do the work what about you, friend? Have you ever experienced imposter syndrome? Yeah, and I think um, I think this happens most when I start comparing myself to oh, yeah. others and and their level of success, especially when it's similar to maybe what I aspire to do. And that's just not fair because y'all comparison will kill your dreams. Okay. So for me, I had to kind of like what you said, how did I overcome that? Um, It's honestly always going to be a constant battle with the different levels that you move towards. And I think what you were saying, Shelby, is like, you know, feeling kind of inferior at first, but I think for me, what I had to learn was like giving myself time. Like, I'm not going to know everything you should. um, I was like, Erica, you should approach this like this is a challenge for you to take on more knowledge because everybody that's an expert was once a beginner. So it's like giving myself time. But also one thing that helped me um, is when I realized that I was doubting myself. While I was doubting myself, I didn't realize that people were actually inspired by me or what I'm doing. And so when you look at it, it's really just changing your mindset. Um, I didn't even realize how well I was doing or how well I was accomplishing things the whole time. I'm doubting myself the whole time. Um, But I realized I needed to actually get to the root of why I was feeling this way. And it was because I just didn't plain and simple. I just felt like I didn't deserve that seat at the table. Like, how am I here? How did I get here? And I had to change my mindset because God has me here. That's that's first off the first reason and that he gave me this seat. So I need to walk into this room and approach that table like so. So that's how I would say how I overcome it um, through different seasons. But um, Shelby, what tips do you have for someone 
who might be experiencing this now? Yeah, I think for me, one thing that I've learned or the tip that I would give for somebody is like whatever you're experiencing in imposter syndrome, um, I think that you have to first like confront it, like say it out loud and admit that I'm experiencing X, Y, Z because of imposter syndrome, right? And then I think that once you say it out loud and you admit it, I think that you have to do things to combat that. But I think a lot of it really just comes down to how you talk to yourself um, in your mind. Because I think a lot of times we get inside our own head and we don't really realize that our words and our thoughts are so powerful and they have the power to make or break you. Um, and to hinder your confidence, at least for me, it does. So I think that you really have to change the narrative. And I think that you have to really affirm yourself and work at just changing the narrative in your head and work at becoming the person that is successful and what you want to be successful in and just really getting that self-doubt and that negativity out. So maybe that means, you know, reading books to be more knowledgeable about what you want to be. Or maybe that means writing affirmations every single day until you believe it. Or, you know, maybe that means, you know, talking to someone, confronting it, and then, you know, just kind of getting their perspective. Because sometimes you think that you're not doing a good job. whole time you're killing it, like Erica says. What would you say, friend? Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. And also, like I mentioned earlier, like if you find yourself comparing your business or your skill set to a similar business or someone who has a similar skill set or maybe in a an a upper level position that you feel like you should be in or that you want to be in or that you are in, um, just focus on yourself because I'm telling you guys, comparison will kill your whole dreams, your whole vibe. So focus on yourself and remember to stay in your own lane as far as there's something unique that you can bring to the table. If you ever feel like, oh, well, I'm just, this is just too much. I don't even know I'm here. Like there is some sauce that you can bring to that meal. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like also kind of what Shelby was saying was like the way that you talk to yourself and how you think. I literally read affirmations. So write some affirmations down and make sure you read that so that you are constantly Um, reaffirming yourself and building yourself up. And I mean, those would be my tips. Um, Like I said, it would always be something that you have to do um, on different levels and different seasons in your life as you progress. Um, But I think it's all in our mindset and our head of not really feeling confident and not really feeling like we're up to par, but you're there for a reason. So take yourself out of it and um, build yourself up. That's what I would say. So let's keep it moving to our mentor moment. So this is when Shelby and I will read a uh, listener letter that was submitted to us. And then, of course, we give our advice on it. So the letter reads, hi, Shelby and Erica. I really need your advice. I've been talking or dating this guy for the last six months. Everything has been going great. I met his family, his friends, and even his dog. So, of (laughs) course, since things have been good, I'm like, the next logical step is for him to ask me to be his girlfriend. But he hasn't asked me or even hinted that that's what he wants. So I'm kind of annoyed and I don't want to be one of those girls who harass or pressure him into a relationship. But at the same time, I want to be his girlfriend and eventually a wife. So should I bring this up to him um, to see where his head is at or should I just bounce and start from scratch? Like, I'm really torn what would I, what should I do? 
So I absolutely positively think that you should bring this up. Um, and I'm going to tell you why. I think that, I guess for me, I'm curious to see if y'all have had any type of conversation about what you all are and what you're working toward and what you're building toward. Um, I think a lot of people are actually really afraid to ask me in that question. I'm not going to lie. I used to be one of those people. But one thing that I learned is that men cannot read your mind. And they're not going to. So I personally don't think that there's anything wrong with asking him or bringing up just kind of, you know, I think it's really important how you frame the question or saying something to the effect of, you know, where do you see our relationship going or where do you see us? And I think that you have to really encourage him to be very open, honest and transparent and to stay true to himself and not to tell him and not for him to tell you what he, you want to hear, like for him to tell you what he really feels. Um, I think that you have to ask him. I think that you have to be open and I think you have to be ready to accept whatever he says. And if he does not give you the answer um, that you want, I think that you have to be willing to cut your ties and keep on dating what do you think friend yes i definitely say bring it up and bring it up now um but in the words of shelby i ain't got no man so don't let me ruin your life (laughs) but um i think it's important to go ahead and state what it is that you want um you can do that i would say by first like having a heart-to-heart conversation with him asking him about it ask him how he feels about the connection or like what are his expectations at this point just be honest with these questions but actually I think these questions probably should have been asked earlier on because to me at the six month mark you definitely know where you see this person fitting into your life right where you should especially if you've met his family and his puppy and all that so it's better to just go ahead and bite that bullet now than wait like another six months before he says anything and if you waiting on him to bring it up he probably won't and if especially if he can continue to like keep things how they're going or keep you in limbo and you're still around why would he change it change it up so um i will say though like just be ready for whatever answer you may get um but ladies i just really want us to just know that like we just can't be in the business of settling anymore just because you like someone or you invested in someone say how you feel obviously be considerate of like what he has to say and go from there but always speak up for what it is that you want and showing him another tip is like showing him everything that you are will not make him set the intent either like you could be the total package it still doesn't mean he has the intent on taking things to the next level or making things exclusive with you. So have that heart to heart conversation. It's going to be awkward. Um, it's probably you because you don't know, you know, what his answer will be. But you'll feel so much better once you lay that out on the table. So you have to stick to your standards and you'll or if you don't, you'll end up resenting this person probably. So that would be my advice on it. I agree, friend. I ain't got nothing else to add. Well, if you guys out there have a question that you want us to answer, please send us an email to allthingsmelanintv at gmail.com or slide in our DMs on IG at allthingsmelanin underscore underscore. So our last segment of the day is words of encouragement. Uh, Shelby, you want to go ahead and read today's Bible verse? Yeah. So our Bible verse comes from 1 Peter 4 and 8. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. So, 
when I was looking for a Bible verse for this week, I really wanted to focus on love. And let me tell you why. I think that we underestimate the power of love. And, you know, depending on who you ask, um, everybody has um, a different definition, a, a different definition of love or what they think love is. But for me, I think love is a choice and I think love is an action word and I think that when you love someone um you care about them and if you care about them you treat them well you have their best interests at heart and you're always kind of looking out for them and I just really think that with everything going on in our world with this pandemic with the snowstorm with COVID just with everything we go on and on and on I feel like sometimes we're lacking love and that we're not loving one another and we're not showing love to others. And I'm not saying that love is going to fix everything, but I do feel like love has the power to do amazing things and to do great things. Like when we sit here and think about it, God gave his only son to die for us. That's love. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if I have a baby, he come out of my body, and y'all was depending on him to save y'all's life, y'all did. I'm going to be honest. I'm crying. I'm not giving him up. So, I don't know. Like, when I just think about this verse, it just really reminds me. And let me tell you, I know it's not easy to love people that get on your nerves, people that are mean, people that are rude, people that are racist, people that don't have your best interests at heart, people that don't care about you, people that don't give you grace. And I could go on and on. I understand that. But what I am saying that it's so important for us to love and to show love to people. And I think that that's one of the ways that we can do our part to further the kingdom of God. Because like for me, I tell my friends and family that I love them all the time. Um, And I'm probably pretty obnoxious with it, but I don't want anybody that I'm attached to to ever not feel like they're not loved. And I feel like love is such a powerful tool that we have in our arsenal. And I just want to rely, I just want to remind everybody just to first and foremost to be loved, to show love, and just to further the kingdom of God with it because you would be surprised how just loving on someone and being loved to people can really change and impact their lives. What about you, friend? Yeah, I feel like that's part of everyone's calling um, is to show that deep love for each other. And I think it's actually our responsibility to do that. Because I like I always have said before, like if you meet someone who has no idea who Jesus is or God is, like what if you're the only type or part of Jesus that they see because Jesus lives inside of us. He, the spirit is inside of us. What if you are that only person? So you don't want to show up hateful to somebody. Now, granted, we all have our days, but I'm saying that most people that are um, like just have a bad attitude or hateful, they're probably the ones that need the most love. So show that compassion and show that love. And there is actually a song. I feel like I always give y'all worship song, but um, there's a song called No Greater Love by Fred Hammond. He just talks about like what you were saying, Shelby, God giving up his son is the ultimate love showing of, of love. And I just love that song. So if anybody wants to listen to it, I would suggest you check it out. But I really don't even think that we can comprehend how much we are loved by God. I really don't even think we comprehend that. So if we know that we are loved by him, it would, it should make us want to share that love 
with those around us or those people that we encounter. So yeah, that's all I would say about that. Okay. Well, everybody close your eyes, close, close your eyes, bow your head, sway with it if you drive. Heavenly Father, we come to you as humble as we know how, first and foremost, to thank you for allowing us to gather together. We pray that you would just continue to bless and cover everybody that is assembled listening to this podcast. We pray that we say something that inspires them. We pray that we say something that they can relate to. We pray that they know that they are special, that they are extraordinary that they are wonderfully and beautifully made and that they are amazing we pray that they know that you made no mistakes in creating them that you gave them everything that they needed in order to be successful in order to carry out the purpose we pray that the idea that they're sitting on that they would have the faith to step out and to do it we pray that that career that they want to do we pray that they would jump and go after it we pray for that person that is battling imposter syndrome we imposter syndrome we pray that they can overcome it and pray that they know that they are worthy we pray that you would love everybody we pray that you would cover everybody we pray that you would give us grace in this season in your name we pray amen amen